across the land. Evil should not have the upper hand. A podcast will kill this wicked blight. A mighty guild of geeks arise. out of business. We get to keep That's some. That's generous. Another triumph for Porco Rosso. That's the only picture left of you as a human. How are you ever going to break that stupid curse on you, Marco? Face it. I'm a pig. Like you're missing half of the plane. Wouldn't it be easier to build a new one? I'm attached to this one. I've got an outflying American named Curtis, and my business is in the toilet. Get it, sir. I've got just what you need. Are you leaving because I'm a woman? Or is it because I'm too young? Actually, it's both, kiddo. I can't help being a woman. But I guarantee you I have the talent. Don't you get it? I'm off to fight Curtis. I will have bullets flying over my head. I can handle that. I'm responsible for this plane, and I want to do my first job right. Think about it. I'm a known womanizer. I'd live on a deserted island in a small tent. That's great. I love camping. That's not the point. Yeah. Why did you turn into a pig? All middle-aged men are pigs. You know, I've heard a lot about Captain Marco Rossellini. My father was in his fighter unit. He told me that Marco once landed a seaplane in a raging sea to save the life of an enemy pilot. I think that's amazing. You're a great kid. You know what, Fio? Seeing you makes me wish I'd never given up being human. Now go to sleep. Welcome to uh, Culture Zoo. This is episode uh, 20. 20. Right? Wow. 20? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Let's see. I, I think it's episode look. 20. You're right. Episode That's 20. Kind of a nice landmark. Like. Yeah, we've made it 20 episodes. Oh, cheers. It's been quite the uh, quite the adventure over this time. Yeah, I'm getting recognized on the street mm-hmm. now. Like it's getting kind what of a awkward. Whirlwind. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I had dinner with Steven Spielberg last night. <laughs> talk about the BFG and yeah. you know give my feedback on it. And, <laughs> you know, it's been amazing. It's been quite the ride. Yeah. Um, Podcasting. Yeah. Speaking of which, that that's a movie that I really don't want to see. Mm-mm. Yeah. I keep seeing the trailers and I just really don't care at um, all. What do you think about it looks the whole? Weird. It, I, I feel like Steven Spielberg. He's a funny director to me because I love... He's obviously talented. Yeah, I love most of his movies, but he's one of these guys 
I feel like um, there's certain. I've noticed this with certain artists; they get really into certain styles, at, mm. maybe even as they get older. And it seems like a lot of guys who kind of came up in like the early days of like like not early days of Hollywood, but kind of the the eighties generation right. of Hollywood, were getting big, kind of the blockbuster yeah, generation. Uh-huh. Guys like George Lucas, Robert Zemeckis, they're all um, Steven Spielberg are all the guys who are like obsessed with doing everything digitally now. They're like, who, we are not. Everything's old. like, well, everything's <laughs> like motion capture, and I wonder if they just love it because it's so much easier than it was to them, than it was for them mm. at the beginning because um, they had to work so hard on like costumes and like um, yeah, just doing practical effects is obviously harder than and, like yeah. doing everything. Everything in the computer in post production, and they probably like how George Lucas and his documentaries have yeah. said, "Like this is what I've always wanted to do, and I'm not going to do my George." All Lucas the guys who just l- are obsessed with like motion capture and doing everything digitally are, except for maybe Peter Jackson, but almost mm-hmm. all of them, guys like James Cameron, are those filmmakers who started off doing everything practically and mm. kind of. But they were probably know. kind of the cutting edge of edge of practical, like they were yeah. doing practical things that no one had seen before so maybe they think like this is how you do it like I want to keep doing mm-hmm. things nobody's seen before, so I'm just going to make weird. some crazy movie. Yeah, I just that movie. It's like right when I saw the trailer, I was like, "That looks really stupid." Well, the animation or the motion capture, whatever yeah. it is, doesn't look that good. Well, do you think it's trying to look cartoony? Just, or? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I hate that whole thing. What does BFG stand for? The Big Friendly Giant. Okay, it's a Ronald Dahl book, but I've never read it. Oh yeah, Lily's telling me it's a bad book. Um, she didn't like it. Uh, I've never read any of his books. Like I miss. I don't think. Mom liked them, mm. and so I missed out on. I don't think Suzanne liked them either. And she read them. So yeah, she read the BFG to the kids, and she really didn't like it. So huh. I think they're kind of like a little bit dark and like edgy for kids' books. Is kind of yeah. the feel like it, or like uh, maybe. kind of kind of like that messing with your head feeling a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I'm not going to be seeing the BFG anytime mm. soon. I don't think Finding Dory. Uh, no real desire. I don't either. Yeah. It's probably one of my least favorite Pixar's. Oh, I love Finding the original Nemo. Finding Nemo. Love but I mean, it. out of all the Pixar's, huh. I'm See, not saying any of them are like bad, but that one and Wally are probably my bottom two. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Wally's definitely towards the bottom for me, but mm-hmm. I think, I think Finding Nemo is up towards the top for me. It has some good parts. Yeah. It's it, funny. Um, yeah, so uh so yeah, a lot not a lot to tempt me in the theaters right mm. now. Oh, I wanna see what do I wanna see? I wanna see Independence Day. Oh really? Too. I'm a sucker for those movies. <laughs> yeah. For being well, entertained know, and like yeah. like yeah. really attractive stupid. men like being like really dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I, I love stupid movies. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely like one of the uh, like original stupid movies, right? Like, and it's just like bringing it yeah. back. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, and I it's funny because the first I, one. Yeah, it was a big event when it came out. Yeah, um, I was pretty young. I, I feel it was like remember. one of those weird movies that like everyone I knew went and saw, mm-hmm. um, like Titanic or something, like Titanic or something. And uh, I don't remember being blown away by it. I feel like. Um, even back then, I feel like I just saw it once and never saw it I again. I almost feel like that movie was a, like, because I don't have a lot of memories of it. I think maybe it was a movie that I watched and I was maybe not supposed to watch. Oh. Like the kind of thing where you're like watching Ooh, it. It was and, forbidden fruit. Right. Because I'm like having, like, I think I'm trying to remember yeah. where I even watched it. Yeah. But I remember liking it. Yeah. 
So, and you're also reading a book I'm very excited yes. about, um, Children of Men, which is a great movie, but also okay. the book is well, I can't even think of the movie. And it was like, now a major motion picture on the front, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it ever. Come, when did it come out? It came out like, I think when, like 2007. Okay. Um, I don't yeah, it has Clive Owen in it. Uh, Julianne oh. Moore's in it. Oh. Um, I mean, not, uh, Michael Caine. Okay. Um, I can't even think of Michael Caine without thinking of this guy's impersonating. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. throat here. And you don't do the broken voice. <laughs> um, oh, yes, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm excited to talk about that. I think we need to talk about that yeah. once, after the summer of Miyazaki. It's already been like so many things where I like want to under it's your book, so I haven't underlined it. But You're like a lot to. of times where I like want to yeah. underline it, and it's it's one of my favorite books I've read in a long time. Okay. Are you going to read something else by her, or do you feel like you Well, like the I author? read Death Comes to Pemberley, which is also she by her. She wrote that? Yeah, P.D. James. Um, and I enjoyed it. Well, is it I'm, like a. It's it like a murder mystery set in like. Uh, I think I read that too, but I don't think I liked yeah. it. It was good. It wasn't like it didn't blow my mind. This is yeah, because I I read it and I was kind of like. Eh. I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. Anyway, so Rosalind, what are we doing okay. right now? We are talking We're about talking about. Well, this is our this is our well actually first. Yes. How can people find people us? People find us. Yes, if they want to to follow our every move. You can find us on one drawing a day dot wordpress dot com, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Um you can find us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little more active on the Instagram. You are. Yeah. Um Instagram is Culture Zoo Podcast. That's right. Follow us for and all Levi sorts of you fun have stuff. our Twitter feed yes. is uh C Zoo Podcast. And, um, yeah. And We're on you, Facebook too, right? We are on Facebook too. Yeah. So you can search for us on Facebook, like us there. Um, and, uh, we, of course we ask this every show, but please review us on Athens. We do have a new review. Right. We have a new, a new review. review I by saw that 23 last TJ. Night. I wonder who that is. I know. It's very TJ mysterious. TJ 23. I have no idea. TJ 23. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very sweet. And it's a by, glowing review. It's a glowing review and, um, one by nerd, nerd. I don't know who nerd. that is. I, I don't know who that is. I thought so. maybe you would. I don't either. So, so thank you for to Nerd and yeah. TJ23 for for leaving uh, those reviews. Those are very kind reviews. It's so good um, to see three reviews. Yeah, I know. So, um, so keep them coming. Like I said, if we get to 10, we'll do something special for that 10th review. Yeah. So don't everyone wait, though. Yeah. I mean, you got to come on. You gotta, you gotta give us a love. This, the longer you wait, the longer yeah, the special surprise exactly, is going to be exactly just hanging out there. Um, anyway, so um, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind searching for Culture Zoo podcast or Culture Zoo on iTunes, Apple uh, Podcasts. I don't know how to review. say that. You have to go to the Apple iPodcast Store. You just have to go to the uh, the podcast app. Podcast app okay. on your on your Apple. There it is. Uh, your iPhone device or your or iTunes, and just leave us a review. Um. So, in our summer of Miyazaki, we did Kiki's Delivery Service last time. And what are we doing this week, Rosalind? We are doing Porco Rosso. Porco Rosso, the 1992 film. Yes. Written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, And this is an interesting one. It is. It's a a real different take on <laughs> what we've been doing yeah with like children as the yeah. main lead and it's very different kind of dreamy yeah. and um fantasy feeling mm-hmm. this one really took on a funny mm. funny um twist yeah so the background to this one 
um, is interesting. So apparently it started off as an in-flight, like it was going to be like a 40-minute short that they showed in in an airline or something like that. That must have been like brand new. I mean. I don't know. why. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those things that they realized as they got into it that the only way they, they needed to make it a feature film yeah. to like make their money back on it. So they um, – so they ended up turning it into a feature film. And when it came out, it was like the biggest uh, Ghibli box office success ever. That's so weird. So I don't know if it was surpassed. I'm sure it was surpassed since then. But up to that point, right. it had been, it was like their biggest Which is hit. so odd because like what kind like who is this drawing? The pig is the main character. Like mm-hmm. the main character is a pig. Mm-hmm. There's like no real real romance. There's not like yeah. I mean I guess it's like action adventure. I guess. Yeah, it's it's a very like a uh, weird so ju- audience. Uh, yeah, Miyazaki himself. Um, uh, in the he says uh, he called it a foolish film. Uh-huh. He said, uh, "Why is it?" When he asked why, he said that it was foolish because he made an adult movie for children. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so he he has some interesting opinions on the film itself. Yeah. Um, he got out of got out of hand. Yeah, it kind of it was it was a story that he wasn't sure like who it was for mm-hmm. himself. It seemed like mm-hmm. after he after he made it, but it found an audience at least in Japan. Yeah. So um, yeah, so to uh, to just kind of give a a quick I guess kind of introduction to the plot. So um, Porco Rosso, uh, we o- we open up on in the film. Mm-hmm. And um, when real quick, the opening shot is again. Kiki's was the same, uh-huh. like the most amazing cloud shot, oh, where it's like yeah. the sky, yeah, like a little bit of foreground, and the yeah. clouds are moving across, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, the animation in this film. There's certain there's certain shots in this film that are just kind of mind blowing. Kind of like the scenery move, yeah. like shots are really really mm-hmm. beautiful. Yep. Really, really good. But it um, just makes me so happy. Like it'll op- like when yeah. these movies open like that. Yeah, it's these clouds and like always some kind of like sweet whimsical music, yeah. and you're just like yes. Yeah. So we open up on this pilot who's just kind of lounging on this secluded beach um, next to a seaplane, right? And mm-hmm. um, he's drinking wine. He's just chilling, like half asleep. Mm-hmm. And he gets a call and it's like, Porco, we need you, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's this kind of uh, uh, very immediately cool, very kind of Han Solo-ish character, mm-hmm. I guess you mm-hmm. could say, right? The one twist is though he's a pig. Right. <laughs> yeah. he liked, you see his face. His face is, the, he has the head of a pig. But the body of a man. The body of a man, the head of a pig. Yeah. So, huh. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is, yeah. So this is just kind of the, the odd, the odd twist of this. And the, and the interesting thing about this is it's kind of never really, I mean, it's addressed, like very but sad. everyone takes it kind of just like in stride. Like he's a pig. Like he's a pig, you know, like if someone had yeah. like a burn on their face. You're kind of like, Oh, that a burn on yeah it's it's an interesting thing because it's it's um it's a film like in a very real setting mm-hmm. it's set in the adriatic sea in um in between world war one and world war two yeah 1929 yeah 30. so it's kind of in the build-up to to world war um world war two where um italy is going fascist mm-hmm. um so there's all this this is kind of the whole background to it that the italian government so is becoming a, a fascist like, um, kind of kind of history in it actually yeah but the uh, but the you know the key plot is very kind of like magical. There's a skunk in our backyard. Yeah, the skunk. It's a baby skunk. Yeah, we named it. We named it Sir Smell a lot. 
cute. Yeah, we have a, this is a, a little bit of a side note, but we have a skunk that comes to our backyard every night, which is a little bit, it's an extremely cute baby skunk, but it's a little bit, sir smell a lot, yeah, but it's a little bit, like, I'm like, man, am I going to walk out one night and, and like, like step on it? And, yeah. 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 So we, we don't, uh, we don't want the skunk. Yeah. Um, Put going. the light on before you step out there. Yeah, exactly. So if you come over to our house, <laughs> look out for the skunk. Um, anyway, so yeah, so it's this strange twist that it's a very, it's like a realer setting than right. he's ever done. Very like all his real. films are very, very historical. yeah, all his other films don't have any of that up to <laughs> this point, but it's also like a very it's much more fantastic. Like said, not 100% serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe, um, like, you know, maybe he was doodling and, like, drew a pig in an airplane, and and that's kind of where it came from. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, because where else? Kind of like Calvin's uh, dinosaurs or T-Rexes yeah. and F-47s like or whatever. You know, he's probably F-15s. drawing and was, like, drawing pigs because he felt right. like drawing pigs. Yeah. And then... Was like, oh, I'm going to put a pig in an airplane. You know, like, yeah. where did this come from? Because there's no from? rule. It's not like the pig. Well, I, I mean, think I, I think there's bit. a lot of symbolism there to is. it. There is. You're right. I think I think it's meaningful. It's not just random. But there it's is. it's the way that people handle it is much more yeah. like, oh, he's a pig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just kind of like, that's what it is. You know, like, I'm a pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's in, in the English uh, version, in the English dub, he's voiced by Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um you know, who, who does a good job with that, that really sort of thing. Really good. Yeah. I thought it was, he was great. So, Ross, can you give us kind of an overview of the uh, the plot maybe a little okay, bit Okay, so plot-wise, um, so he gets a call. He's mm-hmm. a, We find out he's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter um, in the Adriatic Sea. And it seems like um, a little part of the fantasy to me is how um, there's like air pilots or pirates, mm-hmm. sorry, air pirates. Yeah. Um, so there's just, it's like, a, there's lots of gangs in the air, which is yeah. sort of fantasy a little bit. Yeah. So these, these pirates feed off of like ships in the Adriatic Sea where yeah. they'll attack them, steal all their valuables. But yeah. instead of on ships, they're in the airplanes. So he, um, you see him uh, rescue an adorable boatload of little girls. Yeah, the pirates oh kidnap all these girls goodness. for some reason. Yeah, and I love the pirates' bushy mustaches. Yeah, I love the way he draws mustaches like that. Yeah, so the pirates immediately, you can tell the kind of pirates they're going to be, mm-hmm. which is like very cute. Like, yeah, they're, they're like, like nice pirates. They're nice pirates. Like yeah. they would never hurt mm-hmm. like a little girl, you <laughs> <They're> know. So cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would. They would. Which they, I like that when the yeah. villain isn't scary. Exactly. The the villain takes the threat they're, away. They're more playing the role of bad guy, yes. but they're not bad guys. Yes. <laughs> kind of a la Doctor Doofenshmirtz a little bit, but not. Not as inept as Dr. Doofenshmirtz. I don't know who that is. Phineas and Ferb. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah gosh. I need um, to watch those. Oh, man. You have a world of fun in store for you. <laughs> um, but I think um, the main, kind of the main character, mm-hmm. one of the main characters that's introduced is the American pilot. Is his name yeah. Curtis? Curtis, yeah. Um, And him and Porco kind of have this, like, nemesis. Rivalry. Yeah, rivalry thing going. And Yeah, um, basically what happens is after Porco thwarts the air pirates and rescues the little girls... Um, and it's clear that Porco is kind of like the best pilot in yeah, the air. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, no one can beat him. So they all kind of retreat 
to this restaurant that's in like this island in the middle oh, of the yeah, sea. Yeah, like this restaurant sitting on this tiny island. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's incredible. It, it, this makes me like want to live in the Adriatic. I know. This. I wonder if it's similar to that at all. Like, I mean, how much fantasy is there? I don't know, but it, it's if if it's anything like yeah. that, I, I just want to be like, I want to be in the Adriatic <laughs> no, Sea. That's what, I want to go um, there. And so all the pirates go there. Parco goes there, mm-hmm. and um, the pirates end up hiring this. American pilot who's a very good pilot to basically beat Porco. Right. But the thing is... Get him out of the way. Yep. But the thing is um, that um, this restaurant is run by Gina. Yes. Who's this... Lovely, um, singing. Kind of like, um, uh, how do you, yeah. like, kind of like, um, um femme fatale. jaded a little bit and like yeah. seen a lot of the world, yeah. but beautiful and gentle yeah. and like. A very elegant. Yes. Yeah. So she sings like this song in French and yes. everyone's like all taken with her. And Porco has a history with Gina. She clearly likes him. They've grown mm-hmm. up together. It seems mm-hmm. like. Um, but they're not together. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, you know, the, the, the relationship there reminds me very much of like a Humphrey Bogart kind mm-hmm. of Catherine Hepburn, not Catherine Hepburn, yeah. but you uh, mean like Casablanca? Yeah. Kind of Casablanca. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like kid listening to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he's like very cool, yeah. which is funny because, and this is, this is the thing that, that was interesting for me is all, this is such a different protagonist for Miyazaki. Yeah. Because we talked about that last time. It's a man. It's a it's a grown man. man. And like his other protagonists are usually like the most enthusiastic, mm-hmm. happy, like outgoing, Likeable. vibrant people, you know. I mean that's been kind of a common theme for every let me think about it. Yeah, for all of his films yeah. up until this point. So you have this very subdued um, kind of like anti-hero a little bit. Where yeah, he's anti-hero. Like, I'm not a good guy. Yeah, he's not a good guy. Ex- no. Like like a Han Solo, like an Indiana Jones. Where you know they like they yeah. have a heart of gold, but like yeah. they've got this rough exterior, yeah. and it's like they have this big front, which uh, is which is and it, so they would be usually typically in a story like this, they would be a very romantic character <laughs> because they'd be very handsome and rogue. yeah, and this kind of dashing rogue uh-huh. in some ways, but. He's a pig. So it kind of takes it, that element It takes away. that whole element away. Yeah. You know, so it's, <laughs> he has the head of a pig, yeah. you know, so it, it's really different because you can't be like, oh, he's so cute. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, it's this pig who's wandering around, right. you know, um, and, uh, it's, so it, it makes it like totally, it, you have that role, but it makes it a completely non-romantic mm-hmm. role in an interesting kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's kind of the second part of this story? Here? So him and, um, Curtis, uh, he, his plane is breaking down yeah. and he's Porco's on his plane way, is breaking Porco's down. plane is breaking down. He decides to go to Milan, Milan mm-hmm. um, to get it fixed. And it, we find out that that's a bad idea for him also. Yeah. He's wanted in Italy. Yeah. The, in, the Italian government wants him to, it seems like they either want to like put him in him. recruit him to fight for their cause uh-huh. or um or they'll kill him right it's like either like, you yeah, join us or die deal. um and he doesn't want to do either so so he's on his way to milan and curtis tracks him down yes and shoots the hot him shot down. american pilot yes. shoots him down thinks he thinks he kills him yeah um but porco is not dead yeah um 
and what happens there? He makes it to he makes it to Milan. Yep. And they he finds the mechanic who is his mechanic. Um, they have a history as well. Yeah. What's it called? Piccaro or Piccolo? Piccolo. Yeah. Who's a hilarious character? He's this like, tiny little Italian guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the kids loved this whole sequence. And that's one of the things I should mention is like there's a lot of really funny moments in this. There is a ton of funny yeah. like little parts very cute yeah especially when you're piccolo and his that whole thing with him is really funny yeah so piccolo because everyone else is off in the army yes i thought that was a cool touch yeah the only op, the only person he has who can kind of be the engineer the engineer the plane for this is project like in pieces yeah the plane's like basically half a plane yeah. left is a young girl and <laughs> Porco's cute. like not into it you know it's, she what does she say she's like is it because I'm a girl yeah. or because I'm a kid or yeah. something like that he's like it's both yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. it's both because he doesn't he doesn't think she can you know she can Engineer do a good job plane. on his plane mm-hmm. but um and, and she's kind of a more typical Miyazaki character so her name is oh god it's is not it Gina Flo? uh yeah, no, it's Fio. Fio, that's Fio. the name I'm reading. Yeah. Fio. 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 Yeah, so um, she's a typical, kind of a much more typical Miyazaki character. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she could be almost Kiki or... Yeah, it almost feels like you you want... It's like, I felt like I wanted her to be the main character. Yeah. Because I was like, this is... This is who usually yeah, is, is who the main character my... of, of the Miyazaki story. But she she's like a Kiki, a little yeah. bit of an older Kiki. Yeah. She's supposed to be about 17, I think. Yeah. No, that's made clear, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she's really good, a really good engineer, mm-hmm. really excited. You can tell she's heard about Porco before and is really excited to work on his plane. Mm-hmm. Like she knows he's like one of the best pilots mm-hmm. um, and uh, wants to prove herself to him. But in a way, that's not annoying. Like, no, yeah. not at all. Not in like an I'm annoying feminist, but yeah. she's just like excited to work Yeah, it's hard like, I'm going to show you that I can yeah. do this, yeah. you know, and stuff. And it's, it's not in an adversarial way, but in yeah. like a very like... And she does. Yeah. yeah. She 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 does a great job on the plane. And uh, the entire plane yeah. is built by women. It's like 30 women come yeah. walking in. Yeah. All old have like women, old women, like, little ki- young, young moms, yeah. you know, with little girls and stuff. Yeah. And a really cute scene. Yeah. And um, yeah, one of my favorite parts is the prayer they have. So they all sit down. They all sit down to, to eat dinner and they pray, um, you know. And they and, and pickle up. He's like, "Dear Lord, thank you for this food and forgive us for building weapons of war with women's hands." <laughs> Amen. I don't think I got yeah. that. Or something like that, like weapons yeah. of death with women's yeah. hands. <laughs> it's just cracked. Me up. Um, and uh, so the, the pressure is kind of on the the main the main pressure is they have to get this plane built before the Italian government mm-hmm. realizes that Porco's there yeah. and kind of forces him down. into service. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get the plane finished just in time, barely have it ready. Yeah. They have to take off. But the key is is that Fio's going with Porco back to um, the Adriatic Sea. Yeah, she wants to because they didn't weren't able to test it. So she's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to make tune-ups, and mm-hmm. she wants to get paid. Yeah, she wants to get paid. able to pay her for everything. And Porco's going back basically to beat Curtis. Yeah. Is to have the rematch with Curtis to show that he's the greater pilot. Yeah. Um, and, um, <clears throat> and it's interesting. So what did you think of the relationship between Theo and Porco? It's a little bit... 
Like it's kind of like this. Is there is there some right. romantic tension there? Does she likes him? Right. And like yeah, Piccolo's like hands off numerous yeah. times. You yeah. know, like she's stay because away from she's her. not a child. She's so not, it's not but like she's a lot she's younger. Twelve. Than yeah. But she, and so she's she's a woman. Yeah. But he's made clear he's like mid age, like forty middle aged to yeah. fifth, like forty five maybe. Yeah. I would like say he's 40, like a, a man in his forties. Yeah. So it's obviously like inappropriate, but I think I liked it because to me it felt realistic in that he wasn't, he was very standoffish because he's like, I know this is super inappropriate if I were to even, but at the same time you can tell he likes her. Like if you were younger, he would like her. Exactly. Like if I were younger, but it doesn't feel creepy at all where you're thinking, that's gross. He's like, you can tell he likes her. So yeah. I, it was handled very well. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You it, know, cause it could have been totally weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, cause Porco himself is also kind of a womanizer, oddly yes. enough. You know, it feels like he's in like bars. He'll like by, by ladies like, and hey, like, honey, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, has like the, um, Captain Jack Sparrow, like only like more noble almost <laughs> yeah, where you exactly. can tell like, exactly. Um, so so yeah, so that was that was an interesting twist to it. Yeah. And she, I think, likes him. Yeah, I think it's the thing like I mean, everyone probably most girls have had crushes on way older men. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like you it's just sort of like this unattainable, mm-hmm. like I mean, I think it's you like them, but you know it's like not gonna happen and you kind of like them just because they've grown up or mm. I don't know. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic when the age difference is so great, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I like in in for him, yeah, it's yeah. just like he's he he always maintains that distance. Distance because yeah. he knows I think if you were to cross that it would be very inappropriate. Yeah. So he keeps the distance there. It's a lot for a kid's film. <laughs> huh? It's not inappropriate. It's just and it's, a much it's more subtle. You, you can see why it's a much it more was... adult kind of thing going mm-hmm. on there. Um Yeah. Yeah. And she's voiced by Kimberly Williams, who does a good job, I think. Is she the Kimberly girl from... Williams Paisley now. Brad Paisley's wife. Oh. She's a girl Father from Father of the, of the Bride. Bride. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Gina is from Spirited Away. I recognized her immediately. Spirited Away and um, the voice of, oh gosh, what's her name? Meg. Uh, Meg. And Hercules. And Hercules. That's like well, deep, this kind of sexy weird voice. voice. Yeah. Like she's yeah. very distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Very distinctive voice. Yeah. I don't know if she does any other, anything other than voice acting, but huh. yeah. Interesting. Um, so Porco and um, Theo escape the fascists mm-hmm. and, uh, basically make it back to Porco's hideout Hideout. where he's immediately ambushed by all of the pirates. All of the pirates. Like all the pirates have ganged up to capture Porco. (laughs) Um, And they're, I think they're going to kill him or, or something. It kind of feels like that's what the plan is. Yeah. The plan is to kill him. Um, But Theo intervenes and, um, makes this appeal to kind of their nobility yeah. as, She's as like, like, you are honorable men. Yeah. What is it? She makes this speech about how they're, they're, well, she talks about they're better than pilots and, yes. and sailors because they're both like they fly yeah. in the air, but they sail on the sea because they're seaplane captains. Yes. They're seaplane pilots. Yeah. You know, and how her father told her like yes. that. She you says know, every nothing time they fly, their heart gets a little purer or yeah, something like exactly. really dramatic yeah. like that. It's this really dramatic every speech that Every time you take makes. flight, your heart gets more pure. Yeah. And you're honorable men. Yeah. And like, yeah. So very like, rousing. She, yeah. She, and, it, and it's cute because all the pirates immediately. Yeah. 
like love Theo, yeah. you know, they're like, Oh, a girl, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And like, so they, they're immediately on her side and they immediately agree with her. But what happens is that Curtis is with them and he immediately falls in love with Theo. Mm-hmm. And Curtis is this guy who he falls in love with Gina, mm-hmm. um, the restaurant owner who's kind of Porco's long lost love. Mm-hmm. Um, he falls in love with, and then he immediately falls in love with yeah. Theo the first time he, he asked her to marry him. Mm-hmm. She's not into it at all. <laughs> um, and, uh, Curtis's big ambitions is he wants to go back to America, become a great movie star, then become the president of the United States, <laughs> uh, which I think might be a little bit of a reference for Ronald Reagan. Well, I, I don't mean, know. that's sort of the time, because <laughs> yeah. wasn't Reagan president in the 80s? I don't know. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was president in the 80s. You're right. Yeah, and so this was I mean, in the 80s. This was the 90s. It was the early, oh, the 90s. came out in 92. That's right. Yeah. Okay, we're in the 90s But, now. I mean... Yeah. Reagan, so yeah, it was, art had it was right after the yeah. after Reagan. So, yeah, it's probably a little bit of a reference to that, which is kind of funny. I mean, it is funny when you think about it. Yeah. But. So, but he wants uh, he wants Fia to come with him. She doesn't want to, but the the way what kind of ends up happening is that it's agreed that um, Porco has to battle has to battle uh, Curtis in an air battle again. To uh, and if he wins. What happens? He gets his debt paid off that he owes um, for the plane. Yeah, he, he still he gets, has like a large debt for the plane. Yeah, he gets to pay off his debt for the Curtis plane. Curtis will put, is putting up the money, and yeah. then if if uh, Curtis wins, then Theo has to marry. Yeah, um, <laughs> Theo has to marry which is, him, which is her idea. Yeah, that's her. That's her. That's <laughs> and her, everyone's like, okay. Yeah, that's so. That's that's the stakes mm-hmm. basically for the third act. Um, so you have this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to skip over like this one scene. I think maybe we can come back to that. The garden scene? No, the scene where um the scene where he he talks about that kind of vision mm-hmm. he has. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty interesting scene. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um but the the third uh, the basically the third act begins um with uh you know, they they set up that they have this competition on this island, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, like everyone in the world shows yeah. up. It looks like. Yeah. like all the pirates are there, all the people in town. Everyone's betting on it. It's a really hilarious scene. Yeah. Th- this whole thing, like to get the crowd silent, like the pirates like shoot a machine gun into <laughs> the crowd throw and throw a grenade <laughs> into the crowd. You know, it's just like really funny. This the way the scene works yeah. out. How rough everyone. And is. the pirates are like dressed up all fancy. Yeah, they're all dressed you. in suits yeah. and stuff. Um. And so they have this really uh, intense air battle, which um, goes on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Not like in the space of the movie, but like for, in like the time of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like it. The movie. It's only a couple minutes of screen time. But you but can it's, see it's going it takes forever. a long time for them, yeah. and it ends basically where. Um, Porco has an opportunity to shoot down Curtis. He won't do it. He wants to just shoot his plane down. He wants to just shoot. He doesn't. His pl- want he doesn't, he doesn't want to kill Curtis. Um, and but at the end of it, when they both have their shot, big shot, both their guns jam, <laughs> yeah. so they can't really do anything. Yeah. So they land, and they end up having this really long, fi- uh-huh. drawn out fist fight, like in the water. Yeah, which, which looks so tiring. It looks exhausting. They get super beat up, like almost oh. like Fight Club level in yeah. a weird sort of way. Like they're like it's, all it was bloody. Shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. You don't see that in cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's like shocking how like violent they fight. Like swollen and disfigured. Yeah. They have this super drawn out fight. And um, the uh, 
And it's it ends with Porco winning, yeah. just barely. Just barely. Just barely, like, with his last dying punch, he yeah. knocks out Curtis. And he kind of does it for Fio. Like, he's doing it for Fio. He yeah. knows, like, he, he keeps saying, I think, I don't know if it's in his head, but he's like, I'm not going to let you take Fio yeah. and marry her. Yeah, like, exactly. he just can't stand the thought of that. Yeah. Um, so Gina shows up. Because um, the Italian, the, the Italians know that are, are coming. The Italians are coming, and they're going to, uh, they're going to, uh, I guess, like capture shoot them all, or, capture everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so everyone has to flee. Mm-hmm. Is kind of how it ends. Porco wins, but everyone has to run away. Um, he throws Fio in with Gina. Is like you take care of her. Mm-hmm. Fia wants to stay with him. He won't mm-hmm. let her. And him and Curtis decide to go fight off the Italians. Yeah. And it's like them Thank like you. walking off, like yeah. they're going to go fight the Italians. Yeah. But the last thing he says is like, your face. Like, yeah. it never shows his face. He's well, like, Curtis is all shocked because mm-hmm. he looks at him. He's like, if it doesn't show it, he's like, hey, what's your face is yeah. different. Freaks out, yeah. Yeah. And it's just the shot of it's Curtis's face and mm-hmm. Porco's body. Yeah. So you can't see his face. Yeah. You can't see and what what Curtis sees. Yes. Yeah. But you get the impression that either he's changing back into a human mm-hmm. or, or, you know, that, that's, that's the, the that's, that's the implication. I was waiting for it because yeah. you want, do you want to wait for the conversation they had or you mean that, that yeah, uh, that night? Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that was the one thing I guess, it, cause this ties into it. So the night before the big fight, um, yeah, what happens? Yeah. So they're talking, and you can see that Fio is just smitten with him. Yeah. Like, she is telling him, like, you're an honorable man. Yeah. And, like, you know, I just kind of... They're just having... You're a hero. You're a hero. Yeah. And, yeah, she's she's smitten with him. And, mm-hmm. and he he's sitting up, and she's, mm-hmm. asleep, like, laying on the ground. And it's kind of a sweet scene, the way mm-hmm. it's set up. But... I mean, there, there's she, a couple so, things yeah, that happen. Yeah, the first scene. thing that like happens is she kind of wakes up. She's been like dozing uh-huh. and she looks up and she sees yeah. him as like he was. He's not a, he's a human again. He's like this dashing and pilot. And he's handsome. Yeah. It's his profile. Yeah. He's so handsome. Yeah. And then like she like, it like kind of vanishes, uh-huh. you know, this, this image of where he, he was human for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then he tells her this story. First, tell me a story. Then I'll go to sleep. All right. Here's a winner. It was the last summer of the Great War. We were flying over the Adriatic on a routine surveillance patrol headed toward Istria. My good buddy Berlini was right beside me. He had just gotten married to Gina of the Hotel Adriano. And I was his best man. But the war called, so we had to go back into battle right after the ceremony. Suddenly, we were in the middle of the worst dogfight of my life. Friends and enemies were falling all around me like flies. I had three planes trying to chase me down, and all I thought about was myself. Soon I realized I was the only one left from my unit, but the enemy never let up. I flew my guts out trying to get away. My hands and feet went numb. I could feel myself starting to black out. I was sure I was going to die, then suddenly everything around me turned white. 
white? Yeah. It was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. The light was so pure, I figured I must be in heaven. Then I realized I had just flown into a cloud. I was so exhausted, I couldn't hold onto the stick to fly my plane. But the plane just kept on flying. And he looks up and he sees what looks like like birds or like um, or like snow or something up in the sky, like this this strange band mm-hmm. uh, ring like up in the sky above these clouds, like high above the clouds. Um, and all of a sudden, all these planes start rising up out of the clouds next to him and like going up into this band. He looks and you see that these this band is all planes. Mm-hmm. It's all pilots in their planes, yeah. basically. Um, and it's his friends are going up to join join this cloud of um, and, you know, he's calling like, I want to go with you. Let me, you know, you all stay or no, I'll go. You stay. You're, you're married. He's calling yeah. out to his friend, but he can't go, yeah. you know, and he basically sinks back down. He wakes up yeah. or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the end of the story. You know, it's this very like poignant, sad, like moment, you know, of all these, he's seeing all these pilots who have died in the war. And it's kind of and like, it's his friends are now going friends and enemies, friends and enemies. And yeah. you see the cloud is just like this multitude of these planes and of pilots, all different. Yeah. Nationalities, yeah, and like, all different kinds of planes, yeah, yeah. Of all people who have died, yeah. yeah, all pilots who have died. Berlini, I thought you were dead. Come back here. Where do you think you're going? What about Gina? You can't leave her alone. Let me go instead. Hold on. So it's, yeah, it's a very, it's, and again, it's this uh, really melancholy, sad, poignant moment um, kind of put into the middle of uh, Mm -hmm. this this kid's film, (laughs) essentially. When I came to, I was skimming just above the sea, all alone. God was telling you it wasn't your time yet. You think? Seems to me he was telling me I was a pig and maybe I deserved to be all alone. You can't believe that. You're a good person. No, the good guys were the ones who died. Or maybe I'm dead and life is a pig. It's the same thing as hell. Now go to sleep. Theo, at the end of that story, she says, you know, she's like, I think you're a great person and I'm yeah. glad you're here. And she says, she asks about him being a pig, right? Yeah. She says, when did you, when did that happen? Yeah, how or, did you become a pig? And <laughs> yeah. he just kind of like sidesteps He goes question. like, all men are pigs. Right. No, all middle-aged men are pigs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she, yeah, she says, I think you're a great person. She says, maybe I should kiss you. And yeah. he like blushes <laughs> and she like runs over and kisses him on the cheek really fast yeah. and goes to bed and like. Yeah, his reaction's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's just like, yeah, it's like, just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end of the fight scene, yeah. she he throws her in the plane. He's like, Gina, give her a good life. Like, yeah. get her out of here. I can't, yeah. you know. And she's kicking and screaming, but she jumps and kisses him. Okay. Like at the, but like it's more of a real kiss. Okay. Like she actually kisses him. Huh. And as she's like being pulled away, and so it's it's like I don't know if that was his transformation uh-huh. or if it's more like that he did something I mean but he's always been kind of selfless like to, yeah. in a way 
Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think like what really was the transformation for him because I think I think he's supposed to be human at the end. Yeah, I think he ends it human. And there's a little bit of an epilogue from Theo's point of view uh-huh. um, yeah. where she comes, she she's and again, but it's left very ambiguous mm-hmm. where it's like she visits the, um, the restaurant, Gina's refer- restaurant. She's always friends with Gina. And there's a little bit of a hint that you don't know if Gina and Porco are together at mm-hmm. the end or if not. It kind of seems like they are. I think it's, they are, but they leave it up to your imagination. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they I think they are because I always put people together. It's implied. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that's. It's it's definitely it, it's 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 an interesting picture because it has a lot of similar themes to Hayao Miyazaki's other films and like Flight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of it takes place in the mm-hmm. air. It's really you know it's a lot of um, uh, you know it's all about planes mm-hmm. and um, and it's again very beautifully animated. There's um, some very strong, interesting female characters mm-hmm. in there. Um, but it's it feels different than his other films too. It's less about it, it, it less it, it's it's a more melancholy film. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, I mean, kind of a melancholy time. To yeah, put, like between two world wars, mm-hmm. where Europe was just like in shambles. Um, I need some crackers on onion. Okay. okay, this is the Charlie moment. <laughs> need some crayons. Today's Charlie moment is brought to you by crayons. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a, it, so the, the time setting is very just yeah like. <laughs> okay, go to bed. Okay. Um. Anyways, the time setting itself is going to give you that melancholy feel. Mm-hmm. Porco's character is a middle-aged man who's lost everything, mm-hmm. and except for Gina, and he's scared to have her because. Mm-hmm. I think he he doesn't want, even if he could have her and he wasn't a pig, he's worried of yeah. leaving her with another dead husband. Like yeah, this so this feels like a very like to me like when I look at this film, I think it feels very personal, mm-hmm. like a very personal yeah. film to me. Um, like Miyazaki was like late forties, early fifties when he made this, okay. um, and you know I I get it. So you know. Um, it, it, it reminds me of like here's what I think it's the the whole pig thing is about. Okay. Um, in that, so so Porco's a guy who's clearly like the best at you know he's he's great at what he does you know he's kind of at the peak of his powers you know as far as a pilot goes, no one can beat him. Um, and but the 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 things that have brought them there have made him less than what he was when he started. Like he's not a human really anymore, hmm. you know, he, he, or he's lost his humanity. He's lost so much of himself yeah. losing his friends. And yeah. So it's, it's kind of a take. It, it's an interesting, again, it's a, I think it's an interesting take on those kind of, you know, Han Solo, Tony Stark characters that we love right. and we find romantic and dashing and stuff, but we don't realize like how, how you like got there. how like really those kind of people are lacking kind of human qualities, hmm. you know, that they're that they, you know, they're, they're not they're not in a good shape, yeah. really. You know, like what has brought them there has right. is is not, you know, has not made them healthy people in a certain way. And I feel like that's what's happened with Porco is that the war and his experience has 
has made it so he he can't really be a human anymore. Mm. He yeah. so it's like a it's an outward appearance of the fact that he can't be part of society. Or yeah, or like, that he's he's lost that thing mm-hmm. that that made him human. Hmm. Um, you know, or or he's 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 it's interesting. Or he's less than he's he's lost kind of his humanity. I guess you could hmm. say. And that's and I think it's just also you, I think you feel this a little bit as you age. You know, hmm. I, I I certainly do. In hmm. that, like the struggle there, there's definitely a struggle to kind of like stay uh, soft to say something. yeah to um like like he says i think like all middle-aged men are pigs mm-hmm. and i like i was like yeah i really get that <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm not middle-aged yet but it's it's you know it's a huh. head it's it's closer than it was right. much closer you know um and i get that that mm-hmm. like after you know after living with yourself for a long yeah. time and you know the just the kind of effects of this world they kind of make you a much different mm-hmm. person we, than you are when you begin. Right. You know, than when you're like a young man. You start out so like fresh and ready to, and mm-hmm. I mean, I started out, I remember thinking like, I'm not going to be like everyone else who's old because <laughs> yeah. I know better. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like where mm-hmm. you think that you're different and you're going to like do better than everybody mm-hmm. else and then it, it turns out you're not different yeah. you're like everybody else yeah and just to hold on to i mean there's definitely a struggle that i feel to to hold on to kind of things that are beautiful mm-hmm. um i don't know just the world is can be a very depressing place yeah mm-hmm. and you know and to deal with just you get better at what you do, mm-hmm. you know, and you, and you kind of gain power mm-hmm. through, you know, kind of, and you peak in your middle ages, yeah, really in sure. middle age, you know? Um, but that process can also strip away like very, very important things, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and like you become more cynical, you become less compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can become, uh, just, yeah, I mean, and especially if you live kind of a, a you know, mm-hmm. you know, a promiscuous life, you right. could, you know, you could become way less, you know, uh, have way less ability to love anyone, yeah. you know. I think also, I mean, I don't know exactly, I don't know how old Hayao Miyazaki is, but... He's in his 70s now. Okay, so he, he would not have been, he wouldn't have lived through any of the wars, but... Well, he was, uh, he was born in 41, so he would have been a baby in World, World War II. War II. Yeah. But I think, I mean, he may have known maybe men who came out sure of World War II yeah. because, yeah, he would have, mm-hmm. uh, maybe his parents or something, but I mean, like the tra- trauma mm-hmm. of being in a mm-hmm. war like yeah. that, I mean, any war, yeah. any war where like... You have to see, like, maybe maybe he knew someone that really lost mm-hmm. a part of himself in the war. Yeah. And, I mean, and he was in Japan, so he had probably trauma, too. He grew yeah. up with the trauma of this war. Mm-hmm. And so to see, like, how people had lost part of their... Mm-hmm. Part of themselves in that. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the story. Essentially, the, the theme of the story is that him finding his humanity mm-hmm. kind of through Theo uh-huh. like cuz he does this for her yeah. basically at the end he's he finally um, and you can tell he's charmed by her yeah. in like a in not a creepy way not in a creepy but way but that yeah. he sees something and it it, it softens she's the her. opposite of him where yeah. she's she's optimistic she has like this vibrant outlook on the, mm-hmm. she's not cynical at all um and and so like 
something about her is like his step to regaining his humanity. Yeah. Um, Mm, That's sweet. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting story. And it's interesting too, because he's, he's in a very, he's in an adventure, but he's a very cynical character. Like the people who surround him are really over the top, Uh silly and over the top, but sort of unrealistic, unrealistic. Yeah. But he can't, he's not really a part of that, but he's, but he's a pig at the same time. So yeah, but he's the most like real Mm -hmm. down, like chain to earth character, Mm -hmm. but he's a pig. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's to me, that's like, as I watched the movie, it was, it made a lot of sense, like emotionally to me mm-hmm. in the fact that like, yeah, this is something like a story that I get, I think, like right. from, from the perspective of middle age. You and know? maybe, I mean, if Hayao Miyazaki was middle-aged when he made this movie and maybe, maybe this is a little bit of a window into why he loves to do the young, mm-hmm. sweet, innocent, her- like heroine yeah. and to just kind of embrace that. Maybe that's yeah. where he just reminds himself. Those are the inspiring like, characters That's what he him. finds joyful and like yeah. kind of embeds himself in because he probably has to fight against this, you know, the, it's really beautiful that he makes these movies. I'm liking him so much more, like every movie we watch. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, it's, it is interesting when you watch movie, like to, to see the character, because because this is almost like his action hero in mm-hmm. a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like his his hero, yeah. but it's it's a sad story. It's like he's an inhuman person. It's not glorified. It's not glorified. It's like when when we like our action movies, the, those guys are we love them because they're usually really handsome, really, really handsome. attractive, mm-hmm. and they can beat everyone up. So witty, so, yeah, always win. So that's why I think guys like those movies because those are like who I want to be like. <laughs> I want to be like. I don't know, like whatever yeah. name. Tony your action. Stark is a good one. Yeah, Tony Stark's a good one, right? Because he's you know. got that charm. Yeah, and that, like and you know, and and so we idolize these people. And we want to be like them, and those are kind of who our heroes are. But he's he's putting a little twist on that in that he's like, but they're remember guys. Yeah, these these guys are not human. Huh. You know, they're uh-huh. or or this this process that has got them there has also damaged their humanity. Yeah, if this were a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's doing something a little bit subversive, mm-hmm. I guess, um, with this character. And I think you know he's he's kind of Porco Rosso. Maybe mm-hmm. is is maybe what I would say is that you know the person who who makes him human is Fio. She's yeah. the one who who kind of changes him, and not in a romantic way. No, it's but in a way that like she inspires him. Kind yeah. of, yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly, or or, she, or brings him back to a, a, who like who he wants to be it's or like, who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting was that he decided to. I don't know, just the setting he chose and how, yeah, yeah, well, and how, like, I don't know, the dog fighting, it felt very, like, American to me, Hmm. but maybe it's just because I think of dog fighting as an American thing, but I guess other countries, who were the the Americans dog fighting, like, other countries, you know what I mean? So, it just kind of, it was felt really, that felt super American, more than any of his other films, too, Yeah, but maybe it was just the action-ness of it. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Japan, I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird time for Japan, I guess, the yeah. 30s. Well, this doesn't really have anything to do with Japan, though, because they're yeah. all Italian, I think. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's so, what was kept throwing me off. Yeah, so it's as, it, they're, all the main characters are Italian. Yeah, so, why he chose an Italian. Uh, Miyazaki Italy clearly for, likes, likes you Europe. know, Europe yeah. and, and parts of Europe. And, you know, mm-hmm. he does, a, he renders them very beautifully. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so... 
where would you rank this film yeah, out of the films of Ghibli that that we've seen so that far? we've seen so far? Because I've only seen Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle out of yeah. the other. We the, need to rewatch those before we can can give yeah. the ranking. Okay, so those. they will stay out of it. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to say. I'll start with my favorite, my mm. neighbor Totoro. Then <sighs> it's a tie Top between. Is my neighbor Totoro. Yes, it's a tie between Nausicaa and Porco. I can't decide which one okay. I like better. And then Kiki. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So this this one. Well, prob- I- actually, I'm going to say Porco, Nausicaa, Kiki. Out of these four. Okay, so this is your set at number Second, two so far. Out of these Interesting. Four. Okay. See, I would probably put it more towards the bottom for me. I mean, I really liked it, but I think I would almost it, it for me it, it the the thing that that makes it kind of a lesser film for me of his is that kind of weird tension between there's very like funny light mm-hmm. moments and, but you have this very melancholy kind of emotional story going Should on. Should I to laugh? This. Should I cry? Yeah. Like my favorite <laughs> moment is that scene with where he, he recounts that dream, you know, yeah. to her, like that's like my favorite moment. in the entire I think film. that whole scene was my that whole scene. favorite scene yeah. too. That whole scene is like really the characters beautiful. Are just like peeking and yeah. they're like your understanding yeah. of them. And it's really, good. and I didn't want this to be like, like I want, I wanted it. I felt like for me, this film should have gone kind of one way or the other. Like, yeah, because then the, the fight two, scene's really comical yeah. and campy, yeah. and it's like, and like both are great, but together, I've, I just wish like if he wanted to make this really this like I wanted him to film. lean into the deeper mm-hmm. emotional stuff going on yeah. and have less kind of like of the campy stuff or lean into the really campy stuff because that stuff's really good. Yeah, too. Like that, I think is the biggest problem for me with this film is I like can see that. there's these two different tones that that kind of like mm-hmm. feel jarring when you when you. Uh, you know, um, kind of just kind Trying of to when they, them. they work to, they don't work together as well as I think, I just think they're, they're, it's too mature of a film. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like it, the, the, there's other parts to it that just are way like more for kids, you know? And it, maybe that's kind of what you talked about at the beginning yeah. where he made an adult movie yeah. for kids. Yeah. Yeah, so here's a quote from him. He says, To my mind, animation is for children. Porco Rosso flies in the fact of that assumption. Moreover, as a producer, I still think Porco, Porco Rosso is too idiosyncratic of a film mm. for a toddler's to old folks' general audience. That it turned out to be a hit was an unexpected stroke of luck. Like, it's actually wow. kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Just funny. That's really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that. Like, And I wanted, I think... I, I like, like, we'll, we'll see, like, his film's kind of, what is, what is the next What's one? What's next? Next one is Whisper of the Heart, which okay. he didn't direct, but he wrote, and it's one of my favorites. And but then is it uh, Mononoke? It's Princess Mononoke, which is definitely, like, a darker turn, okay. and that's another one of my favorites, too. Okay. Um, so... So they he he seems to be kind of going in a darker direction a little bit. Whisper of the Heart isn't a dark film, but it's not, like... Not as sweet as the other one. No, it's very sweet. Uh, So it'll be interesting to talk about Whisper of the Heart, but it feels like um, Whisper of the Heart is almost... It's... There's no real fantasy to it. Okay. There's a little bit, tiny little bit. Um, But... um, but it's almost kind of like that's the tone I feel like would have been better okay. as far as like just being more consistent with it. Right. So anyway. So what are your, what's your order? Then? Oh man. So far. Out of uh, our four. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's a tough one. 
It's really tough. Um, they are very different. These four are all they're different. They're all really different. Very different films. Yeah. This this is one of these funny things. It's like I'm so blown away by his artistic output to me, too. I know, huh? And it's so... I think... The, the more I, th- I was just thinking about this today, that animation is such a... You know, movies are kind of an artistic form that I feel like are a little bit kind of like second-rate citizens, kind of. Um, in that, like, you know, as far as great artistic achievements the reason movies don't necessarily rise to that is because they're not very personal expressions. Like it's such a group effort. It's such a group effort. So if I, I may be like a Woody Allen type where I write and direct mm-hmm. a film, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. but I have to work with other actors. They're going to give their own interpretations of my thing. They may be like, I'm going to play it as this kind of character and like not really getting what's going on. Yeah. So it's not like a, a novel or a, a work of fiction, um, where, uh, where it's completely like the expression of an artist, yeah. you know, it's of one artist where they're, they're intent. Other yeah. people have their hands in it. Yeah. And with movies generally, you know, you have a screenplay writer, then you have the director giving his spin on stuff. Then you have the actors giving their spin on stuff. And then the you have the editors who say what they want to who's say. Who's going to cut it a certain yeah. way, you yeah. know, and it's, a, and then you have the, you know, so it's, it can become such a group effort that it's, you can have really good films, but it's not necessarily like a work of, it's not like a painter right. who's going to, going to go in and paint yeah. something that's completely, you know, a clear vision of mm-hmm. art. But that like the animation of Hayao Miyazaki is kind of an exception to that because they're written and directed by him but they're also, he's also animating them, you know, too. So he is, he's bringing out the, you know, he's has way, it's way more of a personal expression. Hmm. So that's kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it really fascinates me just kind of considering them all together. Well, and I think that's unique to him. It's even unique to him. Disney, not not at all. I mean, I don't know. Even Walt Disney from the beginning, yeah. no, he was, was, he's he a was genius, just, but he was, he he's wasn't just like a producer. Yeah. He, he it was like his animating idea. Or writing. Yeah. It was his business, but yeah. he, I, and he wanted to push animation yeah. and believed in this art form, mm-hmm. but I don't think he like with snow, you know, snow white, it's not like this was yeah. his story. Yeah. And, and obviously also because they're not really, they're fairy tales. Yeah. He didn't invent these stories. So, um, I mean, I can't think of animation that does that in our, that I, I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing is they're almost hard to rank in certain ways in that because there's such the work of one artist. It's like, which painting do you like the most? Yeah. It's like, which, yeah, exactly. Which painting do you like the most out of this? And yeah. uh, there are certainly, there. Um, there's, there's ones that I, you know, like more, but they all they all feel so consistent in certain ways to me. So, um, but I would say, I think, uh, I think, you know, um, I think Totoro is probably my favorite, but it's close. I think they're all really close. Really good yeah. I would um, say that Totoro, um, probably Nausicaa next, and then um, Castle in the Sky. I know. I was missing Castle in the Sky. We have five. I think, oh, Kiki. So, I mean. We have five to rank. Yeah. So, Kiki, I think I think Kiki and um, Nausicaa are really closely tied in second. Castle in the Sky is right behind them. I think this is pretty, like, pretty, like the biggest drop, I would say, that okay. there's the biggest gap in this where I was like, hard to get engaged with this one Interesting. For me. I really liked it. I, it's really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, very enjoyable. But like I said, I just kept on wanting it to be pick one tone and kind of go with it. I know. It. I keep being, like rearranging my order in yeah. my head because yeah. it is. I'll be like, no, no, no. I'm going to put, no. Well, I, some we'll people love this. We'll have to come out with like yeah. our definitive order. The definitive ranking at the, at the end. Yeah. And that's going to take some time it's gonna and It's going to be thought. hard. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. 
So anyway, but overall, I mean, again, <laughs> worth watching. Nothing except the, the fight scene at the end's a bit intense. Like, right? Did you watch of, it with Calvin? No, I didn't because yeah. it, it just looked adult from the front. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I was gonna. Yeah. So that's I think the one he could you could watch it. it. It's just he a little bit like, whoa, this is like, you know. But it's not bloody. No, it's, it's just, just like kind violent. of like they keep punching each other <laughs> yeah. a long time. They beat the cock out of each yeah. other. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I really like the theme of it. But yeah, I just wish maybe it had been a little bit more like dig into that. Yeah. But next uh, next week we're doing Whisper of the Heart, which I am so excited Yay. about. Because I love this film. Okay. And you've, uh, yeah. You've never seen it. Lily's saying she's never seen it. Yeah, it's worth watching. Okay. All right. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. All right. Thank you, Rosalind. Yes, thank you. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. I think we owe a lot to that cat. Hi. Your work here is done. Right on, epic cat. Right on. Culture Zoo is a production of One Drawing a Day. You can learn more about Culture Zoo and One Drawing a Day and all sorts of other things at onedrawingaday.wordpress.com. You can follow Culture Zoo for regular updates on geeky stuff at Podcast on Twitter. If you want to buy amazing t-shirts featuring our podcast logo, among other things, you can purchase them at store.culturezoo.com. <laughs>